0: First of all, if you create a, a non-for-profit organization, it has to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. This is a very important thing. It has to be sustainable. It's the biggest problem of non-for-profits that we have here in Canada. We have a great government that uh, issues grants and uh, help and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, people are uh, trained to rely on it too much. And then if you have the grant, you provide service. If you don't have the grant, you don't provide service which is terrible.
1: Hi, everyone. Trista McIver here, Program Advisor with AMC and PO Solutions. Today on the Strategic Nonprofit, we will be discussing elements on how to start uh, a not-for-profit. Today on the podcast, I have invited Dr. Murat Resen. He has uh, over 20 years of experience with international business and real estate development and has completed his PhD in economics with a specialization in small business crisis management. Dr. Murat Resen has successfully invented and rehabilitated over 30 businesses from a variety of industries. He is the founder of Yeti in Toronto, Ontario, and also carries the roles there of acting professor, program advisor, manager of partner and investor relations. Dr. Murat Resen is also an instructor at Schulich Executive Education Center in Toronto, Ontario, and Also a professor of small business economics and head of the academic department in Klikhanov, Russia, University of Economics in Moscow, Russia. Wow, that was a handful. Well, you have done a lot in your lifetime, sir. Here at AMC, we do a lot of live webinars and virtual training for nonprofits across Canada. If you're looking for virtual governance training or strategic planning for your NPO, drop me a message and I'll be happy to go over options with you. More details are in the show notes. (laughs) Welcome to the Strategic Nonprofit Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. First of all, we had a chat earlier today, which was great. And um, just to get to know, you know, you a little bit better and also what you've done and how you help NPOs, you started this organization called Yeti. Can you explain a little bit more about that? And also the program that you offer for executive directors that are just starting out.
0: Sure. So Yeti is York Entrepreneurship Development Institute. It's a charitable organization and the University-linked Business Accelerator, which runs different programs, mostly at School of Business in York University in Toronto. We're doing well. There is a, um, uh, there's a Swedish organization called UBI Global that ranks University Business Accelerators every couple of years, and for several years they ranked us as number one in the world, so we're proud. I see that. Uh, to yeah, our results. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we run different programs for startups, for international entrepreneurs and from, from the very beginning, and it was very important for me and for all of us, we run a program for non profits mm-hmm. The idea of the program is, to help founders of non profit organizations to be more business savvy, because mm-hmm. all, all of us. I'm included because I'm the president of a charitable organization as well, right? We all have big hearts and we want to make this world a better place. But I believe we, we need, on top of that, we need some knowledge, some practical knowledge, how, how to do it better. Yeah. I normally say, think of a car. When a car is going on, on the road, why uh, is it doing so? There are several answers. You may say, it's because somebody is suffering there and I want to help them. Or you may give a different answer that because of the fraction of the wheel on the road right yes there's two different reasons so if you have a big heart and you if if you want to help uh, somebody somewhere but you Mm -hmm. still need the wheels to go this practical knowledge that we give does not substitute this willingness to help it just gives additional tools and instruments to do it better and to be less less dependent let's say on grants donations to be sustainable
1: yeah exactly and we heard about you guys through your outbound reach to us and we did a podcast already as with rick and we're happy to know that there is something like this out there to be able to help not-for-profits and their founders because everybody has a great vision but how do you get to that next level how do you get funders how do you explore your vision so in terms of um, visioning please share what you would, your knowledge on how to guide, guide someone through that.
0: Absolutely. So I believe that when somebody wants to start a non-for-profit organization, as well as any organization or any project, everything in life is a project, even life itself is a project, right? Yes. So everything <laughs> has to be considered this way. We need to plan it and we start from, from visioning. Mm. What's visioning? again, If you see some box a box like how many things you may do with a box not too many right you may put something on it you may step on it (laughs) what else but if you switch on a light and it's not just a box it's a computer how many things now you may do with this idea right so visioning generally speaking is the ability to switch on a light on your project Mm -hmm. now when we're talking about not-for-profit organizations there are many different segments of stakeholders that we have to consider. Mm-hmm. We start our non for profit because we know somebody is suffering and we want to make at some point in this world a better place, right? And most, according to my experience, most of the founders of non for profit are people who used to suffer or suffer now or their relatives experience these problems and they know, they feel it and they want to help. And this is very important. So we know what kind of problem we want to solve However, we have to consider different other stakeholders in our organization, because when we work with the for-profit startups, we think of customers. For non for profit customers consist of different segments. It's beneficiaries, right? People who suffer and we want to help them. Mm -hmm. Donors, people who donate us time, money or time, right? So we call them volunteers, right? sponsors which is again very different segment government if you want to apply for grants and we want the government to help us and so on and so forth you mentioned this uh broadcast with uh, rick phillips and he addressed the this issue really the way how you communicate with different uh, segments but before you actually communicate you have to think what are the problems that they have Right, as I normally say, don't sell soup to donors. <laughs> Rick mentioned <it>. <laughs> <laughs> different segments have, their different problems. Just, just to show an example, if you think of a toy store, who is the customers, kids or parents, will parents buy something if kids don't like this toy? Uh, I don't so. so Yeah, yeah. So the good answer is both. It's right.
1: Both. <laughs> That's
0: yeah. true. So for -for non-for-profit organization, it's all this segment that create your vision. They all very important part of of your customer, let's say customer base. And we have to consider all of them. What kind of donors may may be interested to work with us? What kind of sponsors And, and so on. I normally say, create a 3D picture of your vision and don't go anywhere until you see this 3D picture. Right. If you if you look at pyramid, the pyramid, if you look from one perspective, it's a triangle and nothing else. If you look from other perspective, it's a square and nothing else. So every segment has to be able to see exactly what they need. They they have to understand that we understand that their problems, not our problems, their problems, and we address it. And our venture the vision of our venture, it's what they need and nothing else. And that's the way, for example, how we started six and a half years ago on the highest level in Schurich School of Business with support of high level donors, mentors, and so on. So this is very important. And we work with our participants to help them to develop this understanding for their specific cases.
1: So with the vision, like visioning, so that would be figuring out what their target market for. Yeah, so, um, so
0: it's always, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs>
1: If that's okay for the community that they're wanting to help, where they could look for funders. Well, so, like you're giving an example of, so say in the health field, so you're not going to go to somebody in the sports field and look for donation, possibly, but then somebody maybe in the sports field has a family member that has that condition or that type of thing. So, you have to, is, is what you're saying that you have to focus your target onto something or is it, or is that something else?
0: First of all the first step is to understand that the vision is not a flat thing okay It's a 3d right. picture which consists of interest of all different stakeholders right I, then, okay. you think, then you think of a specific problem for this segment not the problem for your beneficiaries but what's the problem for your donors? what's the problem for your for your sponsors that the venture may, may solve? what's the problem? What is the current existing solution?
1: Right.
0: What's the solution that you may offer and why is it better? Not the solution for your beneficiaries, only the solution for other stakeholders as well, which Uh, is different. Right.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So what's your value proposition? And when I say value proposition, that means how you make their life better by, by the means of your venture, by providing your service products. And then it's one more important element. I call it bottom line, which means how the society in general will be different because of your venture on the market. And for every segment, so mm-hmm. write this, for example, write this for, for your beneficiaries, then write this for your donors, write this for your sponsors, write this for government, and then create a 3D picture to make sure it's, it's the same item, right? From one side, yeah. it's mm-hmm. what your beneficiaries want, from the other side, It's what your donors and sponsors want, and so on. I can give you one little example. One lady came to us and yeah, she has a wonderful charity, which exists for many years. She creates programs for teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Okay, So she has 3000 teenagers on her list. And she said, you know what? We have donors, we have grants from the government, Mm -hmm. but we're struggling with the sponsors. Every time I ask for sponsorship, people are like, yeah. I said, okay, so let's think who sells anything to your customers? Let's say. <laughs> so if you put this question to yourself, everything's very clear. Okay, the girls tomorrow will become ladies. Who sells anything to ladies?
1: Oh, you know, oh uh, media, social media, Instagram, all that. Yeah, stuff.
0: What, what kind of businesses sell any product to to ladies, maybe boutiques, for example, oh, okay. or, yeah, or yeah. room stores I,
1: on Amazon. And,
0: and, and everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so, yeah. so I said, come to this type of ventures and tell them, Hey guys, what's their problem? They want more sales. They want new generation to know about their brand. So so come them and say, you know what? We have 3000 teenage girls uh, in our list. Do you want them to recognize the brand in future when they will become customers of yours? And all of them, all the potential sponsors said for sure. Like this, immediately she she created the list of uh, sponsors. That's Um, how proper uh, clarification of vision works. And uh, we discussed Uh, all of this during our program.
1: But yeah, it sounds like, cause you're targeting your outbound specifically, if it would be email outbound or even asking for, for sponsorship, but targeting it to the specific, group that you're looking for, as you, as you said. So if it's, it's a donor, if it's this it's, you can't just use just one blanket way Absolutely. to approach. You have to, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it has to be a very different side of your 3D vision. Yes. For every segment that you're working with. Yeah. yeah. And during our course, we give different tools and instruments, how to do it, how to understand it better for yourself. Yes. And by the way, coming back to our program mm, yes. now with this situation with pandemic, as I always say, think, see the problem as an opportunity. <laughs> so <Yes>. this problem, <laughs> right? yeah. this problem yeah. gave, gave us an opportunity because. We're transferring now our program to online platform and previously only people who may commute to York University in Toronto were able to attend. But now we have, this is the first time we run this program online and we have participants from British Columbia, from Quebec, from Manitoba, I believe, and from all the other places, which is great. We have bigger influence.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) fantastic. Great. And... You probably, eventually you probably would have gone to an online platform just cause everybody's doing it. Like it's the way of the future, but this pandemic definitely. catapulted many people and organizations into this this world. I was chatting with I think it was Maria at Yeti and she was talking to me about your course and this was before the pandemic and how it's available in Ontario blah 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 and then the next time I'm chatting with you guys it's nope it's everybody from across Canada so I'm sharing with people that need some help starting their Not-for-profit organizations and getting them to reach out to you guys. So that's great.
0: Absolutely. We are really happy to have people from all the little corners of our beautiful country. And also we're we're developing now uh, a high level online platform, and Mm -hmm. we will include some artificial intelligence inside this platform. So it will not be only like lecturing, communicating with the participants, not only uh, connection them with the mentors, but we also will give them instruments to play with with their models and to see how will they execute this venture with this model and with that model. So it's it's also very good addition to, to what we may offer.
1: That's great. Yeah. And you know how you mentioned a little bit about the stakeholders in our chat earlier. Why are they so vital to a nonprofit organization? I'm sure a lot of people know, but maybe new founders maybe need a little bit more explanation or just... Is it, the, is it just the now or is it important for the future too is what I'm getting at?
0: Oh, absolutely. You First of all, if you create a, a non-for-profit organization, it has to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. This is very important thing. It has to be sustainable. It's the biggest problem of non-for-profits that we have here in Canada. We have great government that uh, issues grants and uh, help and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but People are uh, trained to rely on it too much. And then if you have the grant, you provide service. If you don't have the grant, you don't provide service, which is terrible. I know one charitable organization that had a huge problem because they used to, to receive money from specific source. And then this source wasn't able to support them anymore. And it was a quarter of their budget. Mm. And it was a huge problem because it's a literal soup kitchen and it was a huge problem. So they they came to us and we suggested them to change the model, to change the model. And again, this is also important stuff that we discussed with with our participants. So if the venture wants to be sustainable, they have to have this picture and they have to have all the stakeholders uh, involved in the activities of this organization. And they have to, to have a diversified sources of funding, Mm -hmm. for example, at ED, we have, of course, we have donors, we have sponsors, we have, sometimes we have money from the government and also we have paying customers. This is one more important thing that I want to mention. I believe, and I I tell it to everyone, it's a very good stand for a non-for-profit organization to sell part of their product or service on the market for two reasons. So they develop their protocol service for their beneficiaries. Of course, that's the main purpose, why they exist, but I highly recommend to sell part of it on the market. Why? Because first uh, it will generate them some additional revenue and will make them less dependent on grants and donations, let's say. And secondly, the market will teach them. When people pay their dollars for your service, they will tell you, okay, we want better, we want this, we want that. Versus the beneficiaries, they'll say, thank you, because they, you provide it uh, for free or with a reduced uh, price, right? Mm-hmm. So it's legal, it's normal, and I highly recommend every non profit organization to think of selling part of their product and service on the market.
1: Yeah, so that's, a very, that's a great advice, because I know uh, so many, especially during COVID and this time of year, grants from the government drying up. And there has to be another way of getting your, your revenue. There has, yeah, be, re- yeah re- there has to be different avenues because, um, relying on the government, as we can see, it's not so reliable. And uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's a really good piece of advice for them. They're thinking out of the box, t-shirts, a uh, the course, whatever. Just, uh, So t- t-
0: t-shirt t shirts is an addition to what not-for-profit does. Okay. But yeah. what I recommend uh, to sell, to think how to sell part of what they do, their own product or service. Okay. If yes. So Mm -hmm. for example, is an uh, educational charity, right? We have many different programs for Canadians, for profits, non-for-profits, young entrepreneurs, so on, all of our programs are free for Canadians. However, we designed the program for international entrepreneurs. If they want to come to bring their business to Canada. We teach them how Canadian and North American market work, and we charge them the the market price. Yeah. So this is our service, okay? We developed it to provide for free for Canadian organizations. However, if we already developed it, right? Yes. Why cannot we sell it somewhere? So we sell it to international companies. As a Canadian charity, we don't have to provide them for free. We do have scholarships, of course, for those who need it. But generally speaking, we may sell it. Remember, I mentioned that charity that lost part of their budget. Again, what we suggested to them, it was very successful. Yes. The idea was, so the charity was literal soup kitchen. So they purchased food and they delivered using the labor of volunteers. They delivered it to people in need. Yes. Old and big and very respectable charity. But then the idea of thinking is the following where people sell prepared food. How do we call the business that sells prepared food? It's restaurant, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah.
0: So what we suggested them is to use part of their annual budget and to create a physical restaurant. Okay. With the kitchen and two halls and yeah. then make a tender. So organization that will run this restaurant instead of paying rent will provide food for their beneficiaries. See, it's a very different model. It's outside of the box and in this model they are almost independent from uh, grants and donations all the grants and donations go as an addition to to what they have
1: yes oh that's yeah no that's that's brilliant that's great great way to create sustainability
0: exactly and this is very important so don't start a venture until you you clarify your vision and until you uh convince yourself that you will be able to be sustainable and by the way, if you have a sustainable venture, it's much easier to get donations and sponsorships because people care about how will you use your venture. For example, if somebody wants to give their name to something or maybe name of their late parents or something like that, they mm-hmm. don't want to give it to something that will die tomorrow. Yes yeah so pretty often, We know our graduates win this type of competition when somebody wants to to give the name for example their parents or relatives or something because they always may prove that this venture will exist forever and everything related to business have to be planned everything okay and not for profit the same way it's an organization has to be planned everything has to be planned at the end of our program everyone comes with a good business plan financial projections Ability to to pitch their ideas to different uh, stakeholders, Mm -hmm. and that's what helps graduates to be successful.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's great. That's fantastic. (laughs) It's good to have to know that you have something after. There's a lot of people that take courses, they go to university, they come out and they can't really do anything with what they have in some ways, but this you're able to give them a really good head start really
0: good yeah head. what you yeah. mentioned is a big problem with our education as a university professor i agree with it absolutely <laughs> and that's why yeah that's why our model at yeti is very different so all all our instructors are acting business people people who are involved with the nonprofit for profit organizations and with businesses from all the different sectors yeah uh, we don't have Pure academics who just uh, sit in the lab and then they go and teach, that's not what, what we do. And also, yeah. if you go to our website, www.instit.org, you may see a long list of mentors. All our mentors are volunteers, high level professionals from all the different fields. Because sometimes somebody will bring startup from medical field, from FinTech. I know how to do business, but I don't know the details of uh, medical business or Fintech or whatever business is it right th- that's yes. why we have high level mentors who help our participants with all the different questions related to their specific sectors
1: oh wow. that's oh that's a oh that's really neat I didn't know that
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. so the
1: advisors yeah. so because you're not the expert on everything. I'm not. You know, we're, you, you, we try, but but that's amazing that you have advisors from different part, different uh, walks of life of uh, not for profits, or as you say, the medical field, maybe the geoscientists, the that, and they can help guide them in a good direction of where they need to go, who they might need to speak to, and that
0: that's great. So how the structure for our program works? We have instructors. Mm-hmm. We also have program advisors, who connected to this specific venture and will help them throughout yeah. their way during the program and after. Mm-hmm. And we have mentors and program advisors decide when and which mentor have to be connected.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah.
0: And okay. then the, the organization during the program. And by the way, the, the program takes uh, a semester, it's once a week, but okay. we assign uh, many mile, milestones in between. So we work together to develop this venture with all the details. So when people graduate, they, they still connected with their program advisors, with mentors, and Mm -hmm. we do different alumni events. We invite interesting people, some important connections from all the different fields, like legal stuff, whatever. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So people always feel connected with this big Yeti family.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) A good resource. Yeah. Very good resource. So is there anything that, that you'd like to share that maybe I missed? Uh, or anything for our our listeners
0: There are many things that I'm happy to discuss <laughs> but in this short period of time I think it's okay but what I want to say
1: yes that,
0: please, <laughs> please please come to our program right <laughs> so the next uh, cohort will be started in March and uh, I believe we'll uh, we will uh, open the application portal in something in the mid December Okay It is to say that our programs since it's the high level programs and they're free, of course, they are competitive. So for our for-profit stream, we have approximately 30, applications per seat. For non-for-profit stream, it's uh, much easier. It's approximately four to five applications per seat, but it's still um, competitive, but we, we try to help everyone. If, even if we cannot accept people at this moment to the program, we always try to give some advice and maybe next time we will be able to accept them.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And uh, if you want to learn more, it's www.yetiinstitute.org.
0: Yet Institute. Yet Institute.
1: Institute.org. Thanks, Marat. Very nice Thank to. Thank you very have
0: much. You. It was a pleasure <laughs> to be with you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>